Well, I'd like to, in this story, we see Jesus again as a teacher. And he's called teacher in the Gospels more often by, than by any other title. Rabbi, Rabuni, teacher. His contemporaries saw him as a spiritual teacher. And one of his characteristics as a teacher is that he taught very frequently by asking questions. And a good teacher, when you think about it, does use questions. You know, you can get information out of a book. But to really understand a subject, to really open your mind to it, you need to be stimulated by the right questions and to understand the questions. When I was a little boy at school, I was very bad at maths. And uh, this was a long time before I became honest and truthful. And I discovered that, uh, with some of my friends, that the teacher had a book with the answers at the back. And we reckoned that this was probably not the only copy of the book in existence. So we went down to a bookshop in London one Saturday and we got the, the textbook with the answers, teacher's edition. Well, all our problems were over. We never had to worry again about sitting for hours at night doing algebra and geometry. and All the answers were there. So our marks shot up overnight. <laughs> but it didn't do me any good. Because you can have the answers, but I still couldn't even understand the questions. And very often we're much more concerned about getting the answers to our problems than by really listening to the important questions. You know, people, we all have questions we'd like to know about the afterlife, about reincarnation, about purgatory, about what happens and so on. Why is it that the great teachers, the great spiritual teachers of humanity, didn't just write down all the answers to all these questions once and for all. Maybe because these are not the important questions. So what are the questions that Jesus asks? He asks, I forget, I counted once in, for my book, but I've forgotten how many, something like 163 questions. What are you looking for is one. And another one he asked one day when he was with some of his friends, he was praying with his disciples. When he finished praying, he turned to them and he said, who do people say I am? And in the various Gospels you get slightly different responses. At one point, in one version, Peter answers, well, they say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some come back to life, some say one of the prophets. And then he says, but who do you say I am? At that point, Peter jumps in and says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. 
what does he say to Peter? He doesn't say, Peter, you're right. You get 100%, you can become the first pope. <laughs> what he says is, be quiet. He told them, he gave them strict instructions not to tell anyone this. This was the answer. But he was more interested in the question, who do you say I am? And immediately then, he goes on to give his teaching on leaving self behind. He told them that he himself would be going to Jerusalem. He would be dying in Jerusalem. And that they too, if they were to find their true self, would have to lose themselves. What does it profit you if you gain the whole world at the cost of your true self? Now, just take this one question of Jesus. Who do you say I am? And instead of trying to come up with a, the right answer, the catechism answer, just stay with the question. And that question will lead us on a journey. A journey of relationship and a journey of discovery. A journey of relationship with Jesus who asks us the question and a journey of self-discovery. This is the first level of our relationship with Jesus as a teacher. I once asked the Dalai Lama, who do you think Jesus is? And immediately, without hesitation, he said, a bodhisattva, a fully realized human being. A Buddhist could not say any more than that. And I've never met anyone who has not recognized Jesus as a teacher. I've met many people who've left the church, but I haven't met anyone who has left the church because of they've rejected the teaching of Jesus. So Jesus is universally recognized as one of the great spiritual teachers of the human family. That's the first level. I'm not saying there are other, other uh, levels, other ways we have of, of knowing who he is. But this is the beginning. This is the first. This is where we are caught by his teaching and by his authority. And for the early, um, for, the, for the people who listen to Jesus in the Gospel, we, we hear that they listened to him with great attention because he spoke to them with authority. Now take that question again. Who do you say I am? If I had um, started this morning with that question to you, after Peter's introduction, and I said, who do you say I am? 
you might have been not said anything, but you'd have thought, who the hell does he think he is? This question, who do you say I am, either might suggest a very, very inflated ego. A megalomaniac. And some people thought that's what Jesus was. But for others, what they heard in his question was humility, not pride. And all real authority is based on humility. And it's this humility of Jesus that is the uh, secret of his identity. What do we mean by humility? Humility doesn't mean, you know, putting yourself down all the time and saying I'm a sinner and I'm no good at anything and I'm hopeless. That can be a subtle form of pride, too. Humility means knowing yourself. Actually, the word humility comes from the word humus, which means earth. Humility is somebody who's grounded, who knows themselves, are in touch with themselves. Now, Jesus could ask this question in all humility because he knew who he was. He wasn't asking this question in order to find out who he was. He was asking it because he knew who he was. He knew who he was in relationship to God, which is the deepest form of self-knowledge knowing ourselves in God. That's where we come from. That's our origin. To really know yourself then, you've got to know where you come from. Where you're springing from. And later in the Gospel of John, Jesus actually says, I know where I have come from, and I know where I am going. This is his humility and his authority. And this is why we can relate to Jesus as a teacher, because he has authority. This authority shines through in every, of his, every one of his words and teachings, and also in his life, the story of his life. He was true to his teaching. <clears throat> he embodied his teaching. He didn't preach one thing and do another. He lived his teaching. He was his teaching. So we can relate to Jesus as a teacher because of his authority. Just um, think of the teachers you've had in your life who have really helped you to get where you are. They may be teachers at school or 
friends or people in your family or mentors. And if you can call them to mind, the people, the teachers who you really value in your life, you're really grateful to, then you begin, you'll begin to get a sense of what it means to say that Jesus is our teacher. The first thing about any teacher is that they have to know more than we do. It has to be a useful knowledge, a knowledge that is useful to us. The Buddha was once asked um, after his enlightenment and he was giving a public talk and a man stood up in the audience and said, if you're enlightened and you know everything, tell me my name and tell me where I've come from. And the Buddha said, it's true, I do know, ev I do know everything, but I only know what is necessary to know. <laughs> so a teacher is somebody who knows what is necessary for us. And who, uh, and, and a spiritual teacher is therefore somebody who knows who they are, who has self-knowledge. And if you want to grow in self-knowledge, then it's a very good idea to get close to people who know themselves better than you know yourself. People of self-knowledge, these are the people we call wise, uh, stimulate you to grow in self-knowledge yourself. And we believe that it is possible for us to come into the presence of Jesus. Now. The second characteristic of a teacher is that they want to transmit what they know. They're not hanging on to their knowledge as if it were a commodity, a valuable commodity. You know, if I know something that you don't, and I let you know that I know it, but you don't know it, then I've got power over you. So knowledge can become power. We pay for knowledge today. But a teacher doesn't hoard knowledge, doesn't hang on to it. A teacher just wants to transmit it, let it go, communicate it. And we see that in Jesus when he said to his disciples just before the Last Supper, I, you call me Lord and Master, and rightly so, for that is what I am, but I call you friends. I call you servants no longer. I call you my friends because I have shared with you everything I have learned from my Father. Everything. So Jesus is a teacher of some remarkable knowledge. And he wants to transmit that knowledge to us. Not in a... Uh, 
you know, a, a dominating way, but through friendship. He's a teacher who we can also say is a friend. And a friend is what? A friend is somebody who is truthful with you. If a friend lies to you, it, it damages or destroys the friendship. A friend is somebody who only wishes you well. Somebody who, a friend who works against you is no longer a friend. I call you friends because I have shared with you everything I have learned from my father. What he's describing here is the transmission of his spirit. A teacher also wants to train his students and then to commission them to go out and teach what they have learned. That is exactly what Jesus has done. He empowers his disciples, his students. You will, you will do even greater things than I am, that I have done, he says, because I am going to the Father. And then a teacher also withdraws, gets out of the way, disappears. Because you can become very dependent on a teacher. Because you recognize how much they've taught you, how great they are. You can uh, very easily just get dependent on them and never stand on your own feet. So a good teacher also knows when to withdraw and let you stand on your own. And this is what Jesus did. He said, it is good for you that I am going away. Because then I will send the Spirit. His death and his ascension are, are the signs of his withdrawing from us. But not his deserting us. I will come back to you, he says. But he comes back to us in the Spirit. So, this is our first level, our first contact with Jesus as a teacher. And maybe that's as far as we go. For many people, many non-Christians, that is, they have deep respect and deep love for Jesus and deep reverence for the gospel. But they don't go any further into a personal relationship with him. 